and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. This is the deal. Ever since, ever since I got engaged with a good God, a God that wasn't filled with wrath, a God who didn't periodically lose his mind and kill people, I, I, I realized part of the biggest issue with so many people who don't believe in God is that kind of per- picture of God, and they get that picture from the Old Testament. So I started to take the Old Testament stories and put them through a good God filter. Dun, da, da, now you know. So... I mean, I just keep growing that, right? Growing in that, growing that filter gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's awesome. So I was asked to speak, and I thought, well, it's Christmas. I should do a Christmas story. And I took that filter, and I put it over a Christmas story, and I, I, it blew my mind. I was like, this is, this, this is crazy. Wow, this is a much better story when God's good. And it's a good story even when he's not. That's what, that's what started to mess with my head. I was like, no, this is a, why, why are you messing with the story, God? I, I like this story. I like this story. This, this is straight out of the Peanuts uh, Christmas special. Linus quotes the whole thing. It's awesome. But I just kept getting happier and happier. And I was like, this is really a great story. I got to tell the story. So here we go. I specifically chose the KJV to quote this story. Because... I grew up with it. This is literally the only way I knew this story was in the King James Version. Of course, I know it is the version that the Lord spoke. He qu- I mean, it's direct quotes from Jesus. There's no other way. He literally spoke this in English, old English, but still, because he knew that I'd be reading it later. Only kidding. But there are, I know, we laugh because there are people who actually believe that, and God bless them. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. But... But I do know this. I do know this. It does matter the way that you come, the way that you look at words determines the nuances that you pick up from them. And if you, if, if you really like the version that you grew up with, and I'm messing with it, please don't be upset. Or at least don't be offended. You can be upset. That's fine. Because I don't mind talking to upset people. Offended people are harder to talk to. It's not that I won't talk to them. It's just that they're harder. So, but, but, if, if internally you're like, no, I don't think that's how it went, just let yourself have the question like, well, but what if? That's it. That's fine. And you can, you can definitely come out and say, I still don't agree with him. I think he's, I think he's nuts. That's fine. I do these. You know, you can talk to Daryl. <laughs> He'll be here next week. <laughs> oh, Lord, this is fun. All right, so we're in the... In, 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 in the in the King James and 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 we're dealing with a good God, a God who whose voice is joyful. Uh, a, a God, a God who when when he shows up or his representatives show up, like peace overwhelms the atmosphere. Like this is the deal. So <laughs> in Luke chapter one, verse twenty eight. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Oh, man, that's heavy, dude. Hail. What does that mean? It just means greetings. 
salutations? Do you, it, it literally, it always connotates happiness. This is a joyful angel, Gabriel. At least in this moment. I'm not, I mean, I assume you have to be pretty joyful to play a trumpet, but, but yeah, just, I just, just picture him showing up on the scene. He's got a big smile on his face. He's also really big and bright and, and happy. And he's like, hail, thou that art highly favored, favored. That means just encompassed with grace, favored, honored. He's like, listen, listen, you're awesome. <laughs> and he says, blessed art thou among women. Now this word blessed, man, oh man, this comes packed, jacked full of awesomeness. It means to celebrate with praises, to consecrate by blessing, to cause to prosper by the favor of God. Man, that's, that's, that's a good word right there. That's a good word. Someone comes up to you and says, blessed are you, and this is what they're talking about? That's pretty, that's a good day right there. That's a good day. It's they, Gabriel's saying, listen, listen, you're amazing. You cause great blessings to, to, for you and for everybody who shows up wherever you go. There's so many things going good going on in you and so many happy things that happen around you. Like this is, this is not, I, I do understand. I do understand how you could look at this and think that this is God's statement of divinity of Mary. I do know there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's an entire theological standpoint that says that Mary is divine. But I read this, and what I see is I see, I see a super happy Gabriel showing up and looking at this woman and giving a word of encouragement from God, which would be quite overwhelming. He shows up and he says, you're awesome. You're so awesome. And you're amazing amongst all the women, amongst everybody. You're just, you are, you have no idea how encompassed by God's grace you are. You have no idea how that everywhere you go, everyone is impacted by the atmosphere that you carry. You, Mary, are somebody who constantly flows with the favor of God and will never stop. Mary, you're going to bless everybody. You're blessed amongst all women. That's not to say that she held some sort of higher place than all other women. It's, I, I do this. You can ask Pastor Lynn. I, I look at, at Lynn. I, I tell her often. I'll say, Lynn, you're my favorite Lynn. Now, what's, what's Lynn Gray going to do? Does it mean she's not my favorite Lynn? No. No, but in that moment... In that place, I, I know the way that God sees Lynn. He's, she's his favorite. So I just speak that too. And Gabriel's speaking this, this over Mary. He's speaking the perception, the, per, the, the, the perspective of God on Mary. He's like, you are amazing. You are my favorite. And God says that to everyone. And he means it. He's not lying. This is, this is awesome. And Mary, this is my favorite verse. Because this, this one, 
this one makes it all worth it. He said, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. This is awesome. This word trouble. Let, let, me, let me just work through that, okay? This word troubled. It means greatly agitated. It means, it means internal doubts. Perplexed. What was she perplexed about? What was she doubting? What was she, what was she thinking? She's thinking, what, why, what is this? What are, you, what are you talking about? What manner of salutation is this? Because the other salutations she got from Gabriel weren't like this. What? I don't think this is the first time she's met somebody like this. Oh, Bob, you crossed the line. That is not the way the Sunday school teacher taught me. I know. Just read it. Trust me, there's more evidence along the way. So, picture yourself meeting somebody again. Somebody you've met before. And they walk up to you and they say, Man, you're awesome! Oh, I can't believe I get to tell you this. You have so much stuff coming to you from God. So much favor is going to be poured out on you. So much, so many people are going to be blessed by what you have to do. And you're standing there going, this is unusual. Normally, you don't greet me like this. That's, that's, that's what's going on inside of her. Yes, she's troubled. She's not troubled because she'd never seen an angel before. I don't think. She's not troubled... Because, because the angel's talking to her. Listen, she had, she had room for this in her faith walk. The father of her faith, Abraham, moved an entire family, a huge family, an incredibly wealthy family, across half the known world. Through what? Through a relationship he had with a being in, uh, in the spirit realm called God. Listen, she had this in her faith walk with the connection that Moses had, with the connection that Joshua had. With the conne- I mean, she has stories after story after story of people who interacted with heaven on a, on a regular basis. You really think the 12 times that Abraham spoke with an angel were the only 12 times Abraham ever spoke with somebody? Absolutely not. Just in case you were thinking that, I just want to make that clear. She had this in her realm, and I think she had it in her experience. And Gabriel comes and he just pours out this word of encouragement from the Lord, and she's perplexed. And, you know, I don't blame her. <laughs> then, then, <laughs> then Gabriel says, <laughs> he says, uh, he says unto her, Fear not, <laughs> because I think he realizes, oh, I might have just blown her away. <laughs> I, I might have come on a little strong. Now, I don't know if any of you live a life where you might have come in and been a little overwhelming to people, but being self-aware, I, I have. I have showed up in places and freaked people out. I, I, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. And unfortunately, I usually don't find out about it till I, you know, till later, like because they never speak to me again. And I find out through a friend and they're like, yeah, he just, no, I just, no, I can't take him. 
Or they, they go to my beautiful, amazing, precious wife, and they say, uh, was he serious? Is he always like that? Because he's a little scary. And it's true. I am. So I've had to learn. And you think, honestly, sometimes, you know, you, you might even have that thought. You have no idea how much I hold back. No, no, no. It's true. I had to learn. I had to learn. You think I'm kidding. I had to learn how to hold back and still be myself because I didn't want to not be me. But that takes a ton of, of self-awareness and, I, you know, you know, and we're not here for that kind of lesson. But, but I still do it sometimes. It happened here. I think the, like the first week I was really here. And, and you know, <laughs> I showed up at church at my normal time, which is, you know, two and a half hours before it starts. And, you know, the, the worship team or somebody was here, you know, and they were setting up. And they, they probably hadn't seen a pastor here at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7.30 or whatever time it was in forever. And I come busting in the doors like, hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> and I was holding back. Bless their heart, you know. I have no doubt. I, I don't even want to talk to them about it because there's some that are still here and they probably are like, oh yeah, we remember that day. They probably, I'm sure, I just walked right through the sanctuary just yelling and pumping my fist and they probably were like, who is that again? Why is he here? Why is he yelling at us? <laughs> Something like, yeah, he must be mad at us. This is, this is, and I know part of this is because of who I am. When I read this story, this is how I see Gabriel. He comes on the scene. He explodes all over. He's excited. What he's announcing, what he's bringing to Mary is something that he has waited. Oh, what a great message to bring. What a word of encouragement to bring. I mean, he probably couldn't wait to leave heaven. When God's up there going, hey, this connection that we have with Mary, I think she's someone we can make the offer of the Messiah. And Gabriel's like running out the door. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, he's gone again. Gabe, can we at least write out the press release? Can we, can we work on this a little bit? Oh, Gabriel comes back in. Anyways, he couldn't wait. He got there. He's like, blessed Hail Mary. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. You are so favored of God. Oh, man, you are so blessed among women. Mary's like, ah. This is an odd greeting. Uh, something's going on. Something's going on here. What's going on? He's like, oh, 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 oh. sorry, sorry. Fear, fear not. Fear not. For you have found favor with God. Or, sorry, for thou hast found favor with God. <laughs> Read the King James, Bob. All right, so. This word, fear not. This, oh, so good. I mean, it's not good. I mean, what he's saying is good. He's like, listen, listen. I, I know you're it means startled. It means to be uh, pressured out of fear. Also, it, it, it means to be amazed. So, to put that in the narrative, what, it, what, what she's doing is, what he's doing is this. He's like, listen, I, I am about to tell you something that is going to blow your mind. But don't you dare give in to the pressure. Do not be pressured into saying yes to this. Because that's not the heart of the Father. 
to me, this blows my mind because what he's saying is, Mary, you have the option to say no. Oh, what about the plan of God? Everything would fall apart. No, 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 no. Trust me. God would have figured it out. He's a God of possibilities. He's got options. And he, 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 I have no doubt, knew the probability of Mary saying yes to this was, you know, huge. But he gives her the option, and, and he makes sure Gabriel says, listen, don't, don't give in to the pressure of this. And this kind of fear that he's telling her not to have is similar to what, what you know, we see in the movies, because I'm sure nobody has actually ever experienced this personally. But it'd be like, a, like the mob coming up to you. I don't know why I looked over at you. <laughs> That's terrible, right? You look right at somebody. It's like the mob. You know the mob. <laughs> it's like somebody uh, in a movie, right? They come up to you and they're like, Hey, where's the money? What money? You know what I'm talking about. You don't pay up. Oh. Like, that's pressure, right? You better come up with the money. That's a lot of pressure. Or, hey, I have a job for you. What is it? I don't, that's not the point. <laughs> you don't get the option to say no. I just told you, you, I have a job for you. That's the point. In a mob movie, that's all you need. I've got a job for you. Now you do what you're told. That's not the way God operates. And that's exactly what Gabriel's communicating to her. Listen, don't give in to any sort of pressure. Don't. You have the option to decline. But don't, 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 you know, give in. Don't say yes just because it's God who is making you this offer. And if you say no, you know he'll kill you. But it's your choice. Eh. You can die or you can say yes. Whatever. We're all about freedom here. <laughs> and from that atmosphere, he starts, he says this. He goes, For thou hast found favor with God. And that's a different word for favor. It's a it's a word for favor that actually carries a nuance of relationship. It means that you're filled with grace. You're in a relationship that, that brings joy. It's, it, involves, it, it actually ties into charmingness or sweetness, a delight that's found in connection. This is why she's not supposed to fear. This is why she's not supposed to give in to the pressure. It's because Gabriel's telling, listen, you found favor with God. You have such a great relationship with, with God. He literally finds you charming. He loves to be around you. There's a sweetness in your connection. This is why she found favor with God. Because she's in relationship with him. Not because she behaved well. Man, we've missed this so many times. She found favor with God before she ever gave birth to the Messiah. She was a friend. They hung out. This is awesome. She's like, he, uh, Gabriel's like, listen, the reason why you don't fear is because God's coming to you as a friend. 
He's giving you an opportunity to participate in his, in his plan, in his intention, in his desire for the world. And he doesn't, you know, he makes this offer to friends. I, I love this. See, Mary lived in a place of faith. She lived a life of faith. So what, what does faith do? Faith, faith is like an like a, um, anchor in heaven. It's, 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 a, it's this thing that you connect to above this atmosphere. Right? Boom. I do know heaven's within you, but, but and I, so I'm not trying to make faith out there and not in here. I'm just, it's just an illustration. Just roll with me for a minute. Up there is where you find, up there, see Bob, that just sounds so distant. I don't like the way that sounds, but I'm going to go with it anyways. In, when you're hooked to faith, you find hope. Like your perspective begins to get filled with hope. And you begin to see things that can happen because of what God could, can do. And the desires in your heart become, I want to see heaven on earth. I want to see heaven in this circumstance. I want to see heaven move in my life in this way. I want to see what God can do in this, in this area. And in that moment, as your heart becomes aligned... With, with the hope and perspective of heaven. You also become aware of the intentions of heaven. Like you, you become aware of God's plan. God's will. For that circumstance. For that person. For the world. For that culture. For that city. Whatever it is that you. It's all awesomely woven together. But I'm trying to separate it. Which is what makes it a little difficult. But I just want you to see that I. I believe Mary lived that kind of, of faith. She. She was, she was somebody who connected to heaven. She gained hope from that place. And she desired, she had a heartfelt desire to see heaven, to see God's will and plan played out in all circumstances. And heaven looks at her and says, man, that's exactly the type of person that we need to carry out the intention of heaven, which is to bring a savior to the world. So let's make her an offer and see if she's willing to step into it. This is awesome. This is way better than being beat over the head with with a stick from heaven. You are favored of God and you will obey. (laughs) You will say yes or you will die. And for me, it takes away this, this ethereal... Weak woman that often uh, in the the stories I heard, like Mary was this this very incredibly humble, like almost silent woman. And that's the reason why God chose her is because she had never spoken up her whole life. She was quiet. She spent her time in prayer. She made bread for the men. She crushed grapes for the men. She cleaned the house for the men. She herded herded the sheep for the men. And God said, I can trust this woman to bring forth a man. Because she's worthy. 
She's shown herself worthy by being a slave to men. And at some level, although preachers that I know who used to teach this, like they might deny it, that's what they were saying. That's what they were saying. And that's not what God's saying. He's literally saying, I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity because I can't find a guy who I can give this opportunity to because you're like one of my best friends. I actually love hanging out with you. It's charming. It's sweet. It's fun. You're so full of grace. You ever been around somebody who's full of grace? You literally never want to leave their presence. That's the type of person Mary was. I think everybody liked to be a friend of Mary. I think she had hundreds of friends. They thought she was amazing. And Joseph, Joseph got to marry her. I mean, when that, when that whole engagement thing happened, people were like, Joseph, dude. Oh, dude, she's awesome. Joseph's like, yeah, she is. How did you, how did you, how did you, how did that happen? Oh, well, you know, I had enough cows and uh, I was able to pay the dowry. No, I'm only I don't know how it happened. I literally made that whole part up. Bob, stick to your notes or you will literally never leave this pulpit. All right. <laughs> hmm. This is awesome. Mary's connected to the intention of heaven, the hope of heaven, by faith to desire God's will in her life and on earth. That's what made this invitation possible. I love the fact that while all of this is going on, okay, one of the questions I always have whenever I read stories in Scripture is how much time did this take? How much time? And sometimes you get little indicators, like literally, you know, three words, like, you know, she, she got pregnant and gave birth. And you're like, whoa, that's like nine months. Like at least nine months just happened in there. So then my imagination gets to go. So I, I read this and I think, where, where, what is going on? Like, where, where, what? how long does this take? Because I can read this in two minutes. Which obviously we're not doing today, but it doesn't take long. But this is, this is, this is awesome. This conversation goes on. So Gabe's waiting because he wants to tell her the rest of the story. He tells her all of that. And he says, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord shall give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. He's like, Mary, you have an opportunity here. Your friend, God, is so excited because of your amazingness, just because of your heart, your intention, your desire, your faith, your hope, your interaction with heaven. God wants to give you an opportunity to carry the Messiah, for you to give birth to a son. This is why I came down. This is why I was a little excited when I came in the house. I got a little fired up. Mary's listening to all this. Remember, the first thing she had was like, okay, why, why, is, why is Gabriel so fired up today? Like, this is a little overwhelming. I'm a little perplexed at the way he's greeting me. 
And then he says, this is why. Because you're, you're a friend of God. And what you're going to bring to this earth, the way that it's going to encompass the grace of God for everyone, it's pretty awesome. You're going to give birth to a son. And he goes on to describe that son, basically saying, you're giving birth to the Messiah. Where did this come from? Mary has grown up again in a culture, in a theology that says the Messiah is coming. It was the desire of every woman to give birth to the Messiah. This was not a secret uh, uh, you know, thread of, of God's plan. They knew the Messiah was coming. He had been predicted. They, they had hundreds of years of prophecy about it. Many women wanted to hear this. Every time they gave birth to a son, they hoped that they would hear this. This is where Mary's question comes from. Because she understands that Gabriel's giving her a word for now. And she's thinking, I'm not married yet. She's not saying that there's a problem with this. She just wants to know, how how is this going to happen? Because everything within her, as as a child growing up, Within that theology, she's thinking, I would love to give birth to the Messiah. This would be amazing. And when she knew she was going to get married, she thought, well, that will mean that we, uh, you know, and then we have kids. And that might mean that one of those kids could be the Messiah. Like the plan worked in her head. God's coming in a little bit beforehand. And she's like, wait, well, this seems a little sooner than I expected. Because I expected to know a man before I gave birth to the Messiah. You're telling me... uh, Sounds like you're telling me what I think you're telling me. So I just, I just want to, how, 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 how shall this be? I mean, I know how it happens. I just want to know how this one's going to happen. <laughs> uh, you know, do you, I, I fully suspect she, she expected to hear from Gabriel, you will marry Joseph next week. You will move the wedding up to now. Well, I mean, I would think that. Right? That's the only thing that makes sense. Within the, within the confines of the culture and life that she knows, all of her life experience, you can't have a baby without knowing someone. <laughs> That's where I think Gabriel just... Got a big smile on his face thinking, oh, you thought I was overwhelming when I showed up. <laughs> Wait till you catch this line. Well, you see, <clears throat> the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Hmm, well, that's, uh, turn the page, that's, that's interesting, the power of the Holy Spirit, what power, now there's lots of words for power in scripture, there are, and it's a great study to break them down, because 
because I think God tries to reveal a lot about his character in, in the way that he shows up. It's not that, that you know, what, that's, sorry. So this is the word I, I was thinking, oh, you should do a little teaching on power. No, Bob, again, we're trying to get out of here today. All right, so this is the word dunamis. Dunamis power. It's a dynamic power. Okay, it's, it's designed to bring miracles, to implement change on the earth. This power radically imp- impacts the person that delivers it and the, and, and the release of it. This is the type of thing that like, we read about when we read like John G. Lake stories. Like he had dunamis power. He, when he released stuff, like regions blew up. It's the same with a lot of what we call like God's generals. It's all over. This dunamis power is huge. It impacts. It's designed to do that. But it can only be released through someone who submits. And I know that sounds bad, but another word for it would be yielding. There's a yielding that needs to take place. It basically says, yes, I know what you're saying. This is going to change my life. Now, being aware of that power is different than yielding to it. There's lots of people that are aware of God's power, that like to be around God's power. I liken it to uh, being at the Hoover Dam. People love to go to the Hoover or Niagara Falls. You love to be near that kind of power, to stand where the water is rushing in. And you think, oh my, like, like, what? I remember standing at Niagara Falls, like, and yelling as loud as I could, and and you can't even hear yourself. It's so loud. It's so magnificent. It's so powerful. It's so overwhelming. That's dunamis. That's the kind of power that Gabriel's talking about to Mary. He's like, the power of the Holy Spirit's going to what? Overshadow you. Oh, that sounds like fun. It's like taking a shower at Niagara Falls. Now just step in. No, I'll be crushed. And that's exactly what he's saying. Yep. It's intense. It is intense. And it's designed to be intense. It's designed to blow your mind, to crush what isn't of the power. So that you become everything necessary to release the impact on the world. This is, this is huge. And all of this is in what Gabriel's saying. Mary's not missing any of this. She is tracking with this. That's why when I look at this, I think, how long did this take? Because I think Gabriel's walking her through this whole thing. And yet I also know that communication from heaven can happen instantaneously and it'll impact you. Like to explain it takes you hours. I've had dreams like that. Seems like the dream took, you know, 30 seconds. And I wake up and start thinking about it. It's like, wow, wait, no. And then I saw this and then this. And it just keeps downloading and downloading and downloading. So it, I get it. It could, have been, it could have been a split second. It could have been two hours. You make up. I don't, it's not going to impact the story. <laughs> the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. It's that same overshadowing that occurred at creation. When it says that, that his spirit 
overshadowed the chaos. Oh man, that's power, dude. That is power. So, he continues. Why? Because he's going to say this. He's going to give her a word of testimony to kind of give her some, some encouragement. Like the testimonies are so awesome, right? It's so much easier to enter into something when you know somebody else has also done it. So Gabriel gives her that. I, this is beautiful. Otherwise, you think, why is he talking to her about Elizabeth? What? This has, this is, I mean, I know it's John, but come on. Why now? Because he knows Mary's, he's asking Mary's mind to take in something that only her heart can engage with. Because a heart should lead the mind. So he, he speaks to the heart. And he says, listen, thy cousin Elizabeth shall also conceive a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Oh, Elizabeth's pregnant? Six months pregnant? But she was barren. I know, I just said that. She said, I just said she was six months pregnant, the one who was called barren. I just said that. She's like, yeah, I was just repeating it. I needed to hear it again. She hears that testimony. She hears the word of the Lord. She hears the testimony of the Father. And then she says what? Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. <laughs> Again, time. I'm so time-oriented. I think of time. I think he, he, he says, listen, this is what's going to happen. Holy, Holy Spirit, power of the, of the Lord is coming to overshadow you. Literally lay on top of you is what it means. And, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you've ever felt the weight of glory. It'll crush you. Like it'll put you on the floor. You'll have trouble getting up. He's like, this, this is the, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind. It's going to, this is what's coming. And Mary, I don't know if she answered right away. But in her answer, she yielded to that power, and she also yielded to God to figure out the details. Because all she knew was that the power was coming. And that she wasn't going to know a man in order for the Messiah to come. That, 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 you know, that went against everything she had been taught. And remember, she's living with her parents. It's not like she had an apartment in the city. She could stay pregnant. Nobody would really know. This is amazing. The details that would need to be worked out. And, and how did she tell her parents? Or did they know? When did they know? Did she have this conversation out loud? Did she hear, you know, did they hear her talking in the Oh, Mary's up again. <laughs> Was this all in a dream? These are the questions that haunt my mind. 
But that's how I meditate on Scripture. I just ask these kind of questions. Like, what, what, what would it look like? What would I, if I was Mary's father, she came to me and said, so, interesting dream last night. <laughs> or, so I was, I was praying, and you know how angels come and see me once in a while? Well, Gabriel showed up really excited, and uh, he had, these, had this great news to say. Dad, you're not going to believe it. I'm going to get pregnant by God. How awesome is that? Yeah, why don't you go see your cousin Elizabeth? Oh, she's pregnant too. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think her mom and dad probably had a pretty intense walk of faith as well. And it did say that she's, you know, she, she got up. She went into the country and, and saw her cousin. And that's awesome. God always tries to bring somebody alongside you when you're walking in this kind of power. Somebody who can at least lend uh, 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 an, an ear as you process this. I don't know if Mary was an external processor or not. I know later in Scripture it says she pondered these things in her heart, so I kind of think she was an internal processor. Not that one is bad or good, it's just, I don't know if she really verbalized a whole lot, but I have a feeling she verbalized to Elizabeth, because Elizabeth also had a miracle inside of her. Now granted, hers came through the regular protocol, but it was still miraculous. And she was, you know, six months ahead. So there were things that Mary wouldn't have known that Mary, that Elizabeth could talk to her through, you know, talk her through. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. I, I remember my daughter. I don't, I don't know my daughter. You know my daughter Anna. You know, and it happened with all my daughter-in-laws as well. Like the first, their first pregnancy, you get those calls. Like it's brand new, right? You're not going to believe this. And I think, yeah, really? Like, it hasn't changed a whole lot in thousands of years. Like, yeah, your body gets all kind of crazy. Talk to your mother. <laughs> I only got to hear about it or see it. She actually went through it. It's, it's, I just think Elizabeth gave her that. I think God is that kind of God. Like, he's not going to ask you to literally change your world. This, this was a world-changing internally, externally. It was a world-changing opportunity. Mary stepped into it because Mary had a faith that allowed her to yield to the dunamis power of God. I don't want to say without hesitation, but at least the invitation was there and she stepped into it because she trusted God. She had faith connected in heaven where she saw the hope and the desires of her heart I want to see heaven on earth in every circumstance. And heaven said, you know what? That's our intention as well. We're going to partner with you and give you an opportunity. And I think he does the same thing today. Now, whether or not you get Gabriel to, to deliver the invitation, I think the dunamis power of God is available to every one of us. We can change our world. But it'll change your world. Does that make sense? Her world was never the same. It didn't matter how long she was married and how many kids she had. And I think we know of four sons that she had and probably several daughters. She's still known as who? 
the mother of Jesus. It changed everything to step into that kind of that kind of power. But it changed everything when she did. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. I think God has it for you. And during this Christmas season, (laughs) during this Christmas season, I really, I just wanted to just jump into that story. Because it's a story that gets told every Christmas. And I think consistency is really important when it comes to things like this. Not because of tradition, but because it anchors us, I think, into the goodness of God, into the power of God into the opportunities that he gives us to change the world. Thanks for coming out, everybody. It's good to see you. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.